If you have your Bibles, please open to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, we'll be looking at verses 1 through 8. And what I'm about to say is not related to uh, the confession time, but I just think it's a, it's a blessing and a gift from God that we're able to read a long passage of Scripture in our services. That's a, uh, a practice that a lot of churches do not have um, simply because they think people don't have the attention span and don't want to listen to Scripture. And not that it's always easy, um, but it is a blessed thing to be able to hear the Word of God read as a congregation. Um, Our phones have unfortunately limited our attention span, but we can do better than a a quick five-second scroll. So I just think that's an amazing thing that we're able to do, the Scripture reading in this church that we do. Um, John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8 um, I do have, actually have a title for this confession, um, and it's Cultivating the Fruit of the New Birth. Cultivating the Fruit of the New Birth. John chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh or of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone, or so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And it's that last verse, verse 8, that I really want to draw application from and some thoughts from when he talks about uh, the the image of the wind blowing. Um, You don't see the wind, you see the effects of the wind. And you know the wind is blowing because the leaves are moving, you feel it on your skin, you see the grass moving, the trees swaying, a flag flying, and various other evidences that the wind is blowing. And that's what Jesus uses to say, this is how you know when someone's been born again. There's, there's proof, there's evidence um, of it. And so taking another biblical metaphor that was just helpful for me as I thought through this, we could say, you know, demonstrating the evidences of the new birth. I chose cultivating the fruit of the new birth um, to try to dive a little bit deeper into what Jesus is talking about here when it's very clear that when someone is born again, when God gives new life, there will be evidence of it. And so I've got a, a list of a few things here. Do not try to keep up with me as I turn to this. Um, If you want to write the references down, that's fine. But I want to list a few few things, the fruit that's produced by the new birth. Several things here. These are kind of a big sweep. There's a lot of very detailed application we could probably make on each one of these. But again, this is kind of a big sweep of things. First, the new birth produces love for God. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6 Old Testament Moses saying this, it says, And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart 
and the heart of your offspring, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all, or with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. So one fruit produced by the new birth is clearly love for God. Another one is desire for God. Obviously, you'll see an interrelation between a lot of these. Uh, desire for God, Ezekiel 36, um, verses 25 and 26, the prophet Ezekiel says, I will, this is God speaking through him, I will sprinkle clean water on you. And this could be the reference for what Jesus says, being born of water in the spirit. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses and from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And the reason I say that one of the, one of the fruit produced by uh, the new birth is a desire for God. Think about verse 25 when he says, I'm going to clean you from your idols. Meaning you're going to stop desiring false gods so that you now have a desire for the one true God. Okay, that is a, a fruit of the new birth, a desire for God. A third one, obedience to God. Also in Ezekiel 36, verse 27, he says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. How do you know when someone's been born again? What's the wind blowing the evidence of it? The fruit that it's producing is actual obedience to God. Not perfect obedience, but verifiable obedience. Another fruit produced by the new birth is a desire to do what pleases God. This is Jeremiah chapter 31, a classic passage on the new covenant, but I think also referring to this, uh, what's going to happen when we're born again. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33, we see this desire to do what pleases God. He says, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And the contrast is the old covenant was written on stone external to the people. It can only apply an outward pressure to obey. It did nothing to the heart. It gave no ability, no desire to do anything. It was merely a pressure from without to conform to what God had. But in the new covenant, in this new birth, we actually have the law written on our hearts, producing by that very act a desire to do what the law says, hence a desire to do what pleases God. Another fruit produced by the new birth, we go to the New Testament for this one, is love for neighbor. Love for neighbor. 1 John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15 John says, we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So again, you're, you have new life if you love your brother. So when it comes to loving our neighbor, obviously you have the concentric circles. You start um, with your own family and then your church family and then outward to the rest of the world. But there will be an actual love for neighbor. Yet another one from 1 John, another fruit. Um, and the, the next two are kind of, um, you know, they're kind of the foundation and the fuel for, uh, for the rest that we've looked at. Uh, one, another fruit produced by the new birth is faith in Christ. That order is actually important. 1 John chapter 5, 
verse 1, John says, just the first half of the verse, that everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And the has been is very, very important there, especially in the ESV. It captures the sense of the verse. The new birth produces faith. So you know someone has been born again because they actually trust in Jesus. Um, and the last one is repentance from sin. The last fruit we're going to look at, repentance from sin. Acts chapter 11, verse 18. I'm um, talking about Peter, just getting ahead of where Mark's going to be, um, reporting all that had happened. It says, when they heard these things, they fell silent. And they glorified God saying, then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. So repentance and faith are both the fruit of the new birth. So how do we cultivate this? Um, this is where we're going to go a lot quicker here uh, just for time's sake. But we know ultimately the new birth comes from God. It's not something we do. It's something he does. But once it's been given to us, we have a responsibility to cultivate and nurture all that he's worked in us. You know, Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling um, for it's God who's at work in you. How do we work it out? How do we cultivate it? Just a few suggestions here. Number one, Bible reading. Consistent, regular Bible reading will nurture love for God, desire for God, obedience, desire to do what pleases God, love for neighbor, faith in Christ, repentance. We will not grow in any of these if we're not reading our Bible. Another one, uh, which you know, some of us will be better at this than others, but Bible memorization. We're actually memorizing Scripture, and you don't have to do a lot at once in order to benefit from this. Consistent, regular prayer, Christian fellowship, like we're going to be able to do, especially like at the, the Good Friday thing of the Webster's, our monthly uh, food fellowship that we have, and other times where folks in this church get together. All of that will nurture and cultivate what God has worked in us through the new birth. Uh, Promise-based, bold obedience, meaning we, we trust what God has said and we go forth um, on the basis of His promise. And lastly, careful attention to the preached Word. Not just hearing stuff, but actually thinking about it, pondering it, um, and putting it into practice. So a few questions, and then we'll, we'll pray. How have you been doing in this? Again, if you find that you've fallen short, you failed, confess that to the Lord, um, and there is forgiveness in Christ and also strength in the Spirit to grow in these things. Have you been reading your Bible regularly? Have you been memorizing Scripture? Do you pray regularly? Have you been embracing or neglecting Christian fellowship? Are you obeying only when you feel like it? Or obeying God because you trust His Word and His promise to be with you in, His obedience, in your obedience? And lastly, are you merely hearing the preaching of the Word or striving to absorb it in as many ways as you can? Think about those questions. I'll give you a few moments to pray quietly to the Lord and then I'll close this. Our Father, we thank you for the new birth. God, for everyone here who knows the blessed reality of new life in Christ, having new desires, new affections, new spiritual appetites for the things of God, Lord, that 
ultimately came from something you did in us. You created these things when you gave us life. And Lord, love for you, obedience, desire for you, desire to please you, faith, repentance, loving others, and and so many other things, God, they come about because of this new birth. But Lord, you also call us to cultivate and nurture these things in our own hearts and lives. And God, as we think about what we've we've looked at scripturally, God, help us be honest uh, before you. Um, And Lord, we know that if we see something in our lives, an area that we may have neglected, that is a gift of grace. You're showing us that so that we might find your strength to grow in that area and, and make progress in that area. So Lord, work in our hearts. Help us be alert to ourselves in light of what your word says, and then strengthen us by your spirit to to show in our lives uh, that we truly have been born again. Lord, we know you provided a sacrifice for the hundreds of times we will fail in this, but thank you that your spirit continues to move us and motivate us to strive to show that we belong to you. So Lord, may we see your grace at work this week, and may the evidence that we have been born again Uh, Lord, be, be evident to ourselves, but also to those around us, testifying to how great you are and how great our Savior is. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.